All right. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, or good evening, good morning, good night, whenever you're listening to this uh, solo pod. Um, so yeah, so it's just me, Jim's away, and he's given me permission to record a podcast by myself. Whether he uploads it, who knows, whether he just puts it straight in the bin, again, who knows, but I'm here by myself. Um, so let's kick on with the cricketing news. So let's see what's happened with the cricket. Um, so the Aussies won the Ashes, 4-0. Uh, not quite how we predicted it. We predict, Jim and I predicted maybe a 3-1. We sort of thought that England would have a chance in Adelaide as there's sort of time to shine and real push for them to get a win. But it just went all tits up. Every match went completely completely tits up and you could tell tell that they just threw in the towel losing 146 runs short of their total you could tell that they just had given up like facing only 34 overs it's i mean rory burns finally made some runs but that's that's about it really nathan Lyon didn't even have to have a bowl didn't even bowl a single ball that test match. That's quite impressive, but I guess that just tells you how washed up he is, but that's we'll get on to that later in the podcast in the episode, I think. Uh what else has happened? Uh the big bash has been going on. That's almost over, thank goodness. Um Renegades are on bottom as usual, so that's that's fantastic. Uh and I think that's about it that's happened in the in the cricketing world. Uh, the women's ashes is about to start, so that's that's good. Although Beth Mooney's fractured her jaw training, so that's not good. Um, oh, uh, Travis Head got man of the series, which is deservedly so because he made the most amount of runs. Surprisingly, I think Jim and I had predicted either Smith or Labuschagne to pretty much battle it out because we weren't sure. No one was really sure on whether Travis Head was going to keep his spot and played every test match or whether he was even going to play the first one uh but i think it's safe to say that now he's got that spot that spot is his permanently you'd like to think and you know after being named vice captain under steve smith when pat cummins couldn't play i believe the second test it was at adelaide after being named vice captain i think it's fair to say that he's cemented his spot in the test 11 and hopefully, hopefully, just in general, that that Test Eleven or that Test Squad at least stays relatively the same, because I think that's, that's something that is going to create a lot of success in Test cricket and pretty much any sort of international cricket, either format, is having a solid, a solid group. Although it does not quite put as much pressure on you know blokes in the squad for you know looking at talent outside of the squad I think it creates a lot of mateship and a lot of solidation so anyway moving on um what else should I move on to I don't know what else has been going on uh 
in the cricketing world. I don't think a whole lot else has been going on in the cricketing world. Let's have a look at a few matches that have happened. Big Bash, Ireland and the West Indies are playing against each other. Cool, I, I guess. Oh, I mean, cricket came back locally for, for myself. Uh, had a, it's a very solid win on the weekend. Uh, I think we were chasing... 126 on the smallest ground in the entire competition and probably the most unsafe ground in the entire competition because it's a primary school ground uh and so i think the par would be like 250 runs that's a minimum that you need to get and like if you get 250 runs in 36 overs you're still not even safe whether you're going to win but we end up chasing 126 in 10 overs so you know what we're going at 12 and over and I think one bloke retired on 50 in the eighth over or something like that one bloke ended up on 49 so yeah it was a very comfortable win I didn't take a wicket but I bowled five like six overs for a 30 so I went five and over which is very good for that I mean not to toot my own horn but you know very good like as I was saying go a ball and over sorry a, a run a ball and you're safe pretty much then you're doing pretty good and i uh, got to witness a hat trick so that was good got to got to see a bloke take a hat trick and i was fielding in slips for the first time in my career and i was shitting bricks i was not keen to be in slips especially to a hat trick but i mean any other ball i would be fine with it i just have to deal with it but yeah to be in slips for a hat trick ball i'm like oh no I don't, I don't want this whatsoever. But ended up hitting top of middle stump, so it was fine. Jeepers, it is very weird doing because we're at the six minute mark already, and I can't think of stuff to say because I don't have Jim to sort of like feed off me and stuff like that. It's, I must say, it is very, very strange, and I'm sure Jim will love it once he gets the opportunity. I'm sure Jim will have the opportunity to do his own solo potty. I guess he'll be like. He'll be like, this is revolutionary, we should, I should do this, and I'll be like, sure. Anyway, moving on, so I did, so, have sort of planned it a little tiny bit, have a few sort of topics that I would like to sort of go over, obviously we had cricket news, and now this is my story time segment. So this is just random stories, I haven't really planned out what stories I'm going to say, so I might say a fair few, I might say not as much, because I can't think of them at the time. But uh, let's kick it off with the time. That, let's kick it off with the time that I won my first seniors premiership. So I was, I can't remember if this is the fifths or sixes. I think it was the fifths. Yeah, in the fifths. Um, so we had, what did we do? I think we batted, we, yes, we batted first. We batted first on the Saturday, so... How my competition works is, so it's split innings, so we'll bat for 35 overs, then we'll bowl for 35 overs, then the next day we'll bowl first up, 35 overs, and then we'll be chasing. So we bat first, we end up chasing, which sounds very complicated when you put it like that, but it's the way it is. So we batted first, made a decent decent sort of score to start off with, um, and then... We kept, and then they, I wasn't required to bat yet, but then we come in, start bowling, and they're ticking it along, they have this one bloke 
who was doing really well. He did batted well throughout the whole season, and we knew he was the one bloke to get out. And anyway, he gets a short one, and he steps across a little bit, and then flicks it towards Fine Lake, where I'm fielding, and I'm on the boundary. I sort of go forward a bit, and I'm like, oh, that's going over my head. So I start walking back, jump up, and my hands just don't quite close in time for me to get onto it. So it just sort of like hits my hands, but it ends up going for four, and I'm swearing, I'm cursing, I'm like, fuck's sake, you know, fucking hell. Um, I'm spewing a bit, but then... Gary, the captain, gives me the ball. He's like, all right, Nico, do your thing. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. And anyway, I toss one up right to him. And he goes for a massive sweep shot, gets the top edge. It's in the air for so long. It's And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, fuck, take it. I'm just shitting the bricks. I'm shaking. And I, the catch comes. I take it. I grab it. I'm so pumped. I throw the ball on the ground. I just hug anyone. I go straight to my dad, who's wicket keeping, and I give him a massive hug. I'm celebrating. I'm like, let's go. We got it. Got their number one bow. I think he went out for about 40, 44 odd or so. So he, you know, he still had a lot of time to bat. It seems that we retired 100. So that was a big, big wicket to get, and I was just so pumped, you know. And then at the end of the day, it was a pretty. It was very even. It was very even stance. Um, I'll see if I can get the scores up for it. It was 17-18, quite possibly. Just bear with me, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and, and Jim listening to this. I'll just get the scores. All right, so the game was pretty evenly poised coming into day two. So this, so we played on the Saturday. So we played Saturday, Sundays for finals. So we came on Sunday afternoon. And we took a fair few quick wickets. Um, I ended up taking, I think, uh, so I got the court and bold, and I think I took two, I think I took two or three catches after that. And so we took some quick wickets at the start of the afternoon. One was off a full toss that should have been a no ball, but we'll allow it. And I was so close to getting another wicket. There was a bloke that I took out mid off. I love bo- I love bowling to this bloke because he's just tries to play leg side every single ball. So I just take everyone out on the offside as much as I can. I have him square so to try and get him to play straight, but he just refuses to play straight. And anyway, got a leading edge, and Matt, my brother was in in like a catching like a in close under the lid um, on the offside, and it just went over his head. So it was so close. He ended up making, I think, 34 in the end. So probably like another 15, 20 runs that lost him. Anyway, we finally, finally bowled him out. Uh, when did we bowl him out? We bowled him out in the 71st over, 72nd over for 231. And that's a pretty, pretty good score. So we come out where... How many did we need? We needed... So we needed a hundred. We needed about a hundred or so to win. I believe it was. Yeah, we needed a hundred or so to win, and we had I think three or four wickets in hand. So we really needed, you know, someone to step up. And anyway, we lose a wicket first ball, first ball of day, first ball of our innings in day two chasing. We lose. We lose a wicket, and we're like, 
this is not good. So I believe we're seven down now. Seven or eight. I think we're six or seven down now. And then our captain, Gary Wallace, comes in. He's a 65-year-old bloke. Comes in. And then we lose another wicket. So we're in strife. We're seven down. We're in strife. So we need people to really, really dig in. Keep going. I'm padded up for number 11. And I'm just just wandering around. Just like, oh, God. I don't want to go in because I don't want to be the last in. And it's so, so close. It's We keep getting closer and closer. And then we lose another wicket. We lose Dave Park. We leave Parko. Dave Parkinson. He gets out for 34. Like, it was really well batted. He's stuck in, hung in there. Lose him for 34. And so we're on 214. So we still need another 20 run. We need 20 runs to get with two wickets in hand. And I'm just... I'm next in because we're eight down and I'm just sweating, like even right now, just talking about it and think every time I think about it, I feel so nervous, so incredibly nervous. And I'm just like walking up and down on my pads. My dad's just sitting on the chair, having like 10 different darts lined up, ready to, you know, just smoke. And, oh, it's, it's brutal. And then, and then, um, Paul Morton, the bloke at number ten, gets dropped off an absolute sitter. I'm just watching it. I'm just watching it. I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm a bit. I'm starting to walk on. I'm like, got my helmet, got my gloves. I'm starting to walk on, and I'm like, oh, he dropped it. And I'm like, oh my god, it's oh. And then moral, and then moral of the story: Gary, our captain, 62 years of age, hadn't made a run all season. Hits one, hits a full toss. Outside off through point, and we get the runs. He ended up he ended up with fifty seven not out. Paul Martin ended up zero not out. Probably the best zero of all time. And I'm just run on celebrating. I'm like, yes, we won. And I feel so elated. Yeah, I still felt so nervous, and it was an amazing game. We had so many spectators and so many people around. It was so awesome, and that's when we won, I believe, three flags that season, and it was incredible. So that's my probably my number one cricket story, and there's a lot of funny ones like how my brother was, how my brother heard, you know, the bloke, field, bloke umpiring at Square Lake order pizza during the game while he was umpiring. Uh, what else? There's so many other funny stories. I, I think the first one that I did with story, Tales from Fine Leg was how we had one guy took his shirt off when he took his 200th wicket and they were like having champagne and stuff like that after the game. Champagne that they had brought the week prior, but he didn't take a wicket. Just so many funny stories. And even this season, we've had excellent stories, like how I went to Scoresby and there was a pitch. The pitch that I played it on at Scoresby genuinely looked like a bell curve, how it was sort of flat at both ends and then would meet up at, you know, a much higher point and just sort of sloped in the middle. And obviously last week how we were playing on a small last ground, a tiny ground, and, yeah, it was just incredible. It's just been incredible the, the amount of cricket that I've played so far. 
and the amount of cricket that I'm going to continue to play, obviously, and I mean, as much as I'd like it to not be in fifth cricket, but someone's got to be in fifth cricket, I guess. You always got to have one kid that's in fifth cricket forever. Anyway, moving on. Story time done. We've just hit this 18 minute mark. Uh, who knows how many pauses I've done? Who knows how much time this is going to end up after Jimmy's edited it? If he edits edits it at all, or whether he even looks at it all at all, or listens to it whatsoever. Um, so moving on to Nico's opinions. Now Jimmy wanted me to do this one, and you know I'm sure some of you listeners would like me to, you know, say my opinions about a few people. Um, so my main opinions. Uh, regarding, I guess, the test cricket side and stuff like that would be that pretty much, as I said before, that the whole squad, that squad should stay the same. I can't see anyone sort of losing their position unless, say, Kawaja misses out for another opener. I think I don't know if Marcus Harris will come back to the test side ever again because he had his opportunities and it just didn't work out. Uh, you know, I understand that he, some balls, he cops some really good ones and, you know, I do believe you've got to give blokes a chance, but I think, you know, he's old enough. He's had a lot of opportunities in shield cricket. He's played on a lot of different decks in shield cricket and come up in most of those occasions and has a really good, you know, shield cricket, you know, some really good shield statistics, but just hasn't been able to transfer that into test cricket i mean who knows whether the next ashes is 2023 i believe it is over there so whether he keeps at it keeps playing over there for each winter until 2023 and if he has really good statistics over there i don't see why not he could get another opportunity or at least be in the squad again but i think someone like pekoski will also be in line you know, after he's, once he's sort of proved, proven himself back in grade cricket, proves himself back in shield cricket when he gets the call up again, which I have no doubt he will. Uh, it just depends on how he is going mentally and physically, I guess. Um, I think, I guess, either Kawaja or even Warner. I think Warner, I don't know how Warner's going to go when it's, he hits 37 where he can keep going or... See, someone like for him, although he's, he's a very fit guy, whether he wants to leave red ball cricket and just focus on white ball cricket, whether we have you know, him and Finch just become the white ball specialist for Australia, which is something that I firmly believe is something that we need. I think that's how England, yes, they didn't have any luck whatsoever or anything going for them whatsoever with the red ball cricket, but with the white ball cricket... It's where they really shine is where they have players that specifically play, such as like Moeen Ali, who's retired in red ball cricket, retired in test cricket, but he'll still be in that white ball setup for a, a, a while, I believe, because he's only... I don't think he's that old, to be honest. He's 34, so he, you know, two or three more years, I'd say. So, yeah, I believe Australia does need to have some specialist white ball players, like such as Finch. I mean, Finch isn't going that well in the big bash. He just needs to, and he's probably too old to 
sort of tweak his technique a bit, but he needs to find a way to deal with that ball that angles in to off stump and middle and off top of middle and off stump. Because that's, that's a real weakness and that's something that pretty much any international side can work out. Such, such as Chris Lynn. That's why Chris Lynn does so well in the Big Bash or has done so well in the Big Bash previously, but not in international cricket, is that international cricketers, they find, they find things out. They find out that, oh, he's only got one shot to the leg side. Okay, we'll bowl outside off. We'll attack the stumps. We'll go nice and forwards. Same with blokes like Chris Gale, how... At the start of his innings, if you bowl straight and full to him, he's going to get an LB bowled. You know, if you give him some good pills straight up, then he's going to be in strife. But if he goes down to like three or four, then he's going to be more comfortable. Such as maybe that's something that where Finch could play in. But then again, we don't really have much sort of space for white ball middle orders when we've got such a great middle order already. Uh, anything else? Any other opinions in the test side? Just trying to think. The fast bowlers. I'm really happy with the fast bowlers, how they're going, I think, with the rotation. Maybe implement more of a rotation system, I believe. That's what they need to do, unless they want to have white ball bowlers and then red ball bowlers, whether Michael Neeson becomes a white ball bowler for Australia. I know he's not like... He's not as good as what he is with the red ball. Or whether you put him in the red ball, Mitch Stark, or... I don't know who else, because Josh Hazelwood is... As much as he was very, very good with the white ball in the T20 World Cup, he's such a strong and incredible red ball bowler. And Scotty Boland isn't that great with the white ball as much as he is with the red ball and the pink ball is what he's done, you know, incredibly... So whether you find, you know, whether we put one of them as just a specialist white ball bowler in the Australian contract or whatever. Um, but Nathan Lyon, a big one for me. Nathan Lyon, and I'm being genuinely serious about this. I, I don't see Nathan Lyon as a threat anymore, unfortunately. Like, there was a couple of times during this series where I thought, you know, he's going to be really dangerous and I really think that he's got an opportunity to really roll England here. But he just didn't take him. He just didn't have, like, that last over, all those last few overs in the Sydney test, I thought that was his time to really show up and really show what he's capable of, which he hadn't shown all series. Like, yes, he took his 400th wicket. And, yes, it was a slog to get there because he just wasn't bowling like the way he was. But even after that, I it just he just doesn't feel as attacking anymore. I, I I'm not sure what it is about him, but it it just he's just not bowling the same areas as what he was, where he was attacking and really ruthless, and he's just not doing anything with the ball like what he was previously. Now I keep joking that he's washed up and everything, I, but I just don't think. He's Australia's best spinner. And he, oh, he probably is Australia's best spinner at the moment still, but I think I don't think it's fair on people like Mitch Swepson, even Zampa. I'm not sure what Zampa would be like with the Red Bull since I haven't seen him bowl with the Red Bull in a long, long time, or ever, actually. I've never seen Adam Zampa bowl with the Red Bull ever. But 
I'd like to see other people get a chance rather than just pick Nathan Lyon every single time. I think someone's just got to step up and say, and just drop him, I think, as much as it would hurt. But, you know, blokes like Shane Warne got in over Stuart McGill and everyone says that, you know, Stuart McGill would have been the greatest spinner of all time if it wasn't for Shane Warne. If people didn't pick Shane Warne just because he's Shane Warne. You know, like, are we looking at... I'm not saying that Mitch Swepson is could be the greatest spinner of all time or, like, he's only been stopped by Nathan Lyon to being the greatest spinner of all time, but I would like to see Swepson or someone else get a chance. Like, even someone like Tanvir Sanger. Lloyd Pope, no chance. He's just not there. Whether he gets there soon or whether he gets there in a couple of years' time... Quite possibly, with because leg spin is one of the most one of it's leg spin is just a beast of a art form. It's so ruthless at times. You know, being a leg spinner myself, but yeah, I just don't think it's fair that Nathan Lyon can just get into the test side no matter how he's bowling, no matter what his form is like. I'd like just like to see some guts and some change, just to. No, tell Nathan Lyon that there's he's got pressure on him not only to bowl well to take wickets but to bowl well and keep his spot. I think that's something that I would like to see. It's just just a bit more drive for Nathan Lyon to really perform like how he can. I know he can do that. We've all seen him obviously do it. It's just yeah. Anyway. Moving on, that's sort of my opinions, my beliefs for the Australian side. Um, moving on to the final segment. I've been going for about half an hour now, so that's quite impressive, I must say. Moving on to ideas that Jimmy says no to. This is ideas that I can't think of many, to be brutally honest with you right now. I mean, if I look through the thousands of DMs that Jim has slid into, I'd find so many different ideas that he said no to. But one of the main ones was obviously there was a bit of uh, I don't know, but a bit of uh, concern from Jim when I said that you know why don't I do a solo podcast? You know when I started, you know when I started without him, and he's just like, you what? And I'm like, yeah, I started without you, mate. Um. But yeah, there's been so many. I can't think of any examples, unfortunately, because my brain's just mush at the moment because I, you know, I've, I've just been working full time at the moment, so I've just been absolutely flat out. But uh, I can't think of any. But there's been a lot of ideas that Jim has said no to. Um, I'm sure I'll be able to remember them in the middle of the night tonight. But um, yeah. It has been a pleasure doing this podcast by myself. Um, hopefully I get to do a few more because I, I could start talking about just all sorts of things, all sorts of rubbish, all sorts of shenanigans, have a bit of fun, make a few jokes, um, probably get us cancelled, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, Jim, if you're listening to this, have fun editing. To everyone listening to this, I hope you enjoyed um, you know, let us know if 
it's something that you would like to listen to more, whether you want, you know, Jim to do a solo podcast as well, whether you want sort of, you know, us to do the occasional, you know, solo sort of pod, you know, get to know us a little bit more. Would I'm sure we'd be definitely be on board for that. Um, but anyway, hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day or enjoy the rest of whatever you're doing whenever you're listening to this, whether you li- listen to this at midnight. That'd be kind of interesting to know if, you know, if you listen to this at midnight or you listen to this, you know, as soon as you wake up or you're in the car. I probably shouldn't be listening to this in the car because you might fall asleep because of how boring we are. But anyway, I've been Nico and not Jim because Jim's away. And, yep, have a good one. Make sure you... Oh, actually, something that Jim... Sorry, I forgot. Before I sign off, there is something that I need to do. And that's something that Jim urged me to do. And that is uh, to announce the sponsor for today's episode. And I'll just quickly quickly find our sponsor our sponsor is i have found today's sponsor sorry we got a we got a massive list of sponsors we got to sort out like, you know which ones we've done which ones we haven't done which ones for which episode anyway today's sponsor is warney's rubbers so warney's rubbers they come in all different color all different colors all different shapes to suit your wooden needs. Now, Warnie's Rubbers, uh, it's an online business. They ship, uh, you can do express shipping if you want to, if for orders over, I believe it's, if you get five rubbers, I believe, then you get a free ship, you get free shipping. Um, Or if you put in our code, our code is uh, fine fine leg rubbers. That's all one word, all one word. No capitals, just fine leg rubbers. Put that in, you get express shipping, and you get uh, you get some free lube with your rubbers, just to help you, you know, make it really easy for you to put the rubber on your handle, and really get you going. And you know, I like to put two rubbers on on my bats. To be brutally honest with you, I like to put two rubbers on my handle. Just to, it just makes it feel really nice and light and really loose so I can really use soft hands and really get through the ball. Um, so that's, and I always, always use Warnie's rubbers. So anyway, that's our sponsor for today. And that is me done for today. Hope you all enjoyed. And make sure you subscribe on our YouTube channel once our backyard series starts, which should be in about two weeks time, I believe. And follow us on Instagram, but you probably already do. Um, And have a good one.